Hello, my name's Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Wednesday, the 23rd of November. Coming up in today's show, uh, we have an interview with the head of small business at Microsoft. Uh, a bit of a small biz pod first as well, with um, a special competition and a chance for you to win not only books, but a, a chance to go to a London launch party. So a bit of glamour comes to Small Biz Pod. Stay tuned for that one. And finally, um, a very good cause that I think deserves all of your attention. Okay, let's move on to some comments. Just one comment this week from uh, Ray Algar, who left uh, his comment on the Small Biz Pod blog and says, just stumbled across your site, looks and sounds very interesting. I will be definitely coming back. Uh, which is great news. Thanks very much for that, Ray. Always good to welcome new listeners to the show. And if anyone is uh, listening for the first time uh, on this occasion, thanks very much for stumbling across me. As you'll no doubt find out, Small Biz Pod is in essence uh, a show aimed at entrepreneurs, startups and small businesses. Uh, and it's a mix of um, views, commentary and interviews with experts and small business owners themselves. Um, to give you the kind of advice and inspiration that you need to to take your business to another level or to uh, set up in the first place. So uh, welcome all you new new listeners. And don't forget that I always appreciate any feedback, any suggestions for topics or issues or uh, people to be interviewed on Small Biz Pod. Um, Your feedback as listeners is really, really vital. And if you want to send in an audio comment, uh, if you want to do a, a guest reporting, roving reporting slot... Uh, just give me, uh, drop me a line at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk or, or leave a message on the comment section of the blog at smallbizpod.co.uk. Now, on to a first for Small Biz Pod. Uh, as I said at the outset, I'm delighted to say that uh, I've got a, a few, five in fact, free books to give away. Uh, some of you will remember I interviewed Greg Gianforti, who is CEO and founder of Right Now Technologies. Uh, back on Small Biz Pod number 10. And uh, Greg had um, some really, really interesting things to say about bootstrapping your business when you are starting out. Um, he claims that, you know, what the last thing that startups need is money. And since many of us don't have any money at all when we start up, that's kind of reassuring. But uh, those of you who did listen to that, um, you'll remember Greg had a lot of interesting things to say. And I've no doubt, although I've not seen a copy yet, I've no doubt that um, his book will make uh, a very interesting read. Um, And it's being launched in London on Thursday, December the 8th. Um, And I'm really pleased to say that, as I said, I've got five copies of Greg's new book to give away. So I thought I'd run a little competition. And um, you may need to go back to the interview with Greg on uh, Small Biz Pod number 10 to, to get the answer for this, because I don't think you're going to find it anywhere else. And um, here's the question. So in which American town did Greg Janforte buy a billboard space opposite the headquarters of Novell? Was it A, Nashville, Tennessee, B, Provo, Utah, or C, <clears throat> excuse me, Fargo, Michigan? Uh, so, basically, the first five correct answers sent to me by email uh, to alex at smallbizpod.co.uk will win a copy 
of Greg's new book. So uh, I hope you hope you enter. Hope I can give away those books. Be be nice to know I've got at least five listeners who uh, who are interested. Um, beyond that, um, Greg has also very kindly extended an invitation to me and to all Small Biz Pod listeners to the launch event itself, um, as I say, on Thursday, the, December the 8th, which will be at the Zebrano Bar, Zebrano, um, just off Carnaby Street in London from 5pm onwards. Um, and quite apart from anything else, should be a great party, get an opportunity to meet Greg. There'll be lots of other um, small business and entrepreneurial luminaries there, including myself, of course. And uh, it should be good fun. Um, so Zebrano is in uh, Ganton Street, as I say, just off Carnaby Street in London. So if you're in London on the 8th or fancy a, a sort of pre-Christmas night out um, with uh, Greg and a bunch of entrepreneurs, journalists and others, then by all means get in touch with, not me in this instance, but if you get in touch with Krista Burnett at right now, if you're interested in going, then drop her an email and I'll put details on the blog, but drop her an email at kburnett, that's all one word, K-B-U-R-N-E-T-T at rightnow.com, R-I-G-H-T-N-O-W.com. Uh, I will put details on the show notes for the uh, for, for this episode of Small Biz Pod 2, so uh, details will be there. So, you know, it'd be great great to see you uh, great to see you down there if you're going, um, if you fancy fancy going. Um, I And do drop me an email as well, because uh, I'd, I'd like to know... Uh, maybe get a chance to to chat to a few listeners, which would be very cool indeed. So there we are. Um, who said small business wasn't wasn't glamorous? Now, um, on a, a slightly less light note, um, you may recall that Paul Nichols, who was one of the co-organisers with me of uh, the podcasting conference in September, uh, recently visited Swaziland uh, uh, as working with his uh, charity that he supports to help uh, children or orphans, in fact, suffering from AIDS in that country, which is uh, has one of the highest AIDS uh, rates per capita in the world. Um, and Paul did some incredible podcasts that you know you really, really ought to listen to. Quite apart from the the, the subject matter itself, it's just a an extraordinary uh, podcast, uh, I think, to, to listen to. Very moving, but also very inspiring. Um, but uh, on his return, um, Paul, to England, Paul really felt that he ought to, or wanted to do more to help the children and the families that he met out there. So um, if you can help in any way at all, um, please take a listen to the to the following appeal. And, uh, you know, I'd like to think that you could contribute to what is um, uh, an extremely good cause. So thanks for listening to this. Love one another, yeah. Love one another, yeah. Love one another, yeah. Love one another, yeah. Hello there, my name's Paul Nichols from podcastpaul.com. Thanks very much indeed for taking the time to listen to this. I'd like to talk to you about the Swazi Pod Appeal. It's an appeal for the AIDS orphans in Swaziland. As many of you will know, I recently attended Swaziland and attended the Hawani Farm AIDS Orphanage Project 
uh, that is doing a fantastic work out there. The stories of the plight of the children are just incredible, overwhelmingly emotional. But there is a fantastic way forward. Uh, the people who are working at the Hawani Farm Project are giving their life and soul literally to save the lives of children. And this is where podcasting can make just the most profound difference. It strikes me that the costs of building over in Swaziland are a fraction of the costs over here in the West. Just £7,500 will actually build a children's home that will house 8 to 10 children. Incredibly, that's £750 to save the life of a child in Swaziland. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Well, with the aid of Kenny Little from the fabulous Hollow Horse, it's very possible to make just a very small donation that could make a massive difference. Please visit my site, podcastpool.com. You'll see there's a donate button there. I'm working on an honour system. For just £2, you can download the fantastic Love One Another by Hollow Horse. It's a superb track, and it's the track that really will kick off this appeal. So visit, please, podcastpool.com and make your donation. If you'd like to make a larger donation, please send an email to me, paul at podcastpaul.com. Thanks ever such a lot for your time. Okay, so now let's move on to uh, this week's interview. Fine. Well, um, Small Biz Pod seems to be on a bit of a technology roll. The last show, uh, I was uh, very pleased to interview uh, Intel. And uh, this week, just by a, a coincidence of timing, I'm delighted to welcome to Small Biz Pod today uh, Claire Barclay, who is head of small business for Microsoft. Claire, hello. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us on the show. That's no problem, no problem at all. How do you guys go about actually getting a, a feel and getting a grasp of the small business sector uh, and its needs, particularly in terms of the, the software and products and services that you uh, develop? Um, well, let's start with, I mean, firstly, um, small business to the um, the economy as well as to Microsoft is um, is of huge importance. So we spend a lot of time um, at Microsoft trying to understand um, how small businesses, what their business problems are, et cetera, and how technology can help them solve some of those um, challenges. So whether that be um, helping them to manage their customer assets more effectively or helping them use technology to utilize things like flexible working. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've done you know, a lot of research and looked at how customers use technology um, and how that helps them grow as businesses um, from, from small to medium. And uh, you say research is that kind of focus group research, or do you get... It's, it's a combination, actually. We do, um, we, we employ um, research companies to look at kind of buying behaviours and, and what customers are using um, technology for, right through to, you know, events, focus groups, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. So, it, you know, the, the broad spectrum, making sure that um, we're very much in tune with the, the needs of those four million uh, small businesses out there. Yeah, and what do you think the main issues are for those those small businesses out there in the UK today? I mean, the the, the main themes that, um, based on the research that we've done, um, the main issues and, and business challenges that um, customers see is around um, flexible working is one of them. Okay. How to manage their customers more effectively. So you know the the tagline of CRM and what that means um, to customers. Um, in terms of how they grow their business and, and liaise with their customers. 
um, how to be more efficient. Um, you know, a lot of uh, small businesses work very long hours and making sure they maximize their, their time in those hours um, is really important. And then obviously um, the, the well-versed one of, of security and how they make sure that um, from an infrastructure perspective they're protected from viruses and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that those are probably the main the main four that, that we look at as a result of the research that we did. And you say flexible working. I, I can imagine that for many um, small business owners, um, the prospect of flexible working could actually prove to be a little bit unnerving, um, with staff and employees increasingly wanting um, time off um, or, or, or more flexible time for for, for childcare and for other reasons. Uh, it's all very well for, for larger companies who can absorb perhaps the, the potential disruption. How do you, how do you feel that, that small business owners can actually cope with the increasing demand for that kind of flexible approach to a work-life balance? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a good, it's a good problem that you raise. I mean, I think the, the onset of, um, of flexible working and the desire for um, individuals to want to work more flexibly, for me, it's about, um, it's about choice and enabling them to work um, in a way that they want to work. So rather than thinking, you know, I want to work from home or I want time off, I think, you know, if small businesses look at um, how, you know, through use of technology, they can enable their workers um, to work at the time that suits them. So they were, therefore, we're focused on kind of driving the business outcomes versus how and, you know, the regular nine to five thing changing. Um, so, you know, the examples where we've had some of our customers have, you know, got salespeople on the road, et cetera. So rather than them having a whole load of downtime, mm-hmm. they're able to access their um, customer data um, whilst they're out and about, which means that they can get back to, to customers in a more timely fashion, for example. So, Okay, um, interesting. So what about working from home? Is that, a, is, is that something that, that you see small business employees increasingly demanding? And, and in reality, can um, the small to medium-sized business sector implement cost-effectively the, the necessary VPNs and, and security to allow... Uh, their staff to connect to, to, to their small business network. What we're seeing is, um, you know, a, a big growth in um, in small businesses to enable their workers to have technology based from home. So, you know, whether it be whilst they're between appointments or just to get some kind of quiet planning time, yeah. um, they've got access to that technology, which means that they can work as efficiently at home as they can um, at the office. Um, and, you know, in terms of the uh, morale and impact that that has on employees, it, it provides um, those employees who have um, other things in their lives to, to balance to actually get, you know, the employees can get a lot out of their workers without making sure that they're sat at a desk nine to five. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there it's this kind of a two-way street in that you, you may be able to screw a little bit more time out of your employees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, interestingly, um, there was a, um, a study that we did um, um, with, with YouGov, one of the research agencies, mm-hmm. um, that said that 75% of small business employees really want to work flexibly, and some of them you know, would be prepared to take um, pay cuts, etc., as a result to get that flexible balance so that they can be more in control of the, uh, of the life they're leading and how they balance their, their work work and home. And I think there's, there's upside for business on that as well. If they can take advantage of that, um, then they'll probably get more out of their employees as well. So. Yeah, no, I think um, whatever the size of your business, uh, if you can motivate your employees by, by being flexible like that, I think it, it, can, it can definitely have um, yeah. b- you know, hard, hard benefits in terms of productivity. 
Yes, um, indeed. Now, in relation, I suppose, to that, you, you have relatively recently launched um, the uh, Microsoft Small Business Server as a as a, an option. Um, and yep. I know also you personally have been working quite hard on um, creating a community around the uh, resellers and, and certified experts that, that Microsoft mm -hmm. has out in the field. How has that gone and, and do you see it having a, an impact on, on the way small and medium-sized businesses are likely to work? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the, when I talk about, um, you know, we spent a lot of time listening to customers and, and what their challenges are, you know, the experience that, that I've had in, in doing this, this role is a lot of small businesses don't think about technology. That's not the thing that's at the forefront of their mind. The things that, that's at the forefront of their mind is, you know, how can I be more efficient and the themes that I talked about earlier on. Mm. And so, you know, the way that, you know, in partnership with the, the channel community that, that we've been working on um, is how to get our partners to talk in the language that means something to customers. So I think a lot of people are put off by um, the babble around technology. They kind of think a server, that's not for me. Yeah. And so what we've really focused on, you know, if you want to be, if you want to be more efficient, you want to be able to share information with your um, co-workers, et cetera, and access that customer information more effectively, then actually these are the signs that you might need to think about investing in um, server type technology rather than focusing on, you know, small business server for technology's sake. So the feedback actually that we've had from customers is when we go through the do you have these challenges in your business? Do you have problems, um, you know, backing up? Do you have problems sharing files and making sure that you're getting the right file to the customer, yeah. access to customer data, et cetera? They're kind of like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, one, once we kind of talk in their language, they're kind of, okay, I understand. And then through the small business specialist community, we're trying to link them with a local partner that is also a small business that I will sh yeah. actually help them solve those business problems. Because, you know, from our experience of working with with um, small businesses is they buy local and they a lot of it is word of mouth a lot of it is you know based on community etc and we're trying to nurture that uh, and making sure that we connect the right local business partners with those small businesses so that they can get a, a you know a cost-effective and simple solution to the business problems they're facing okay now um, we you talked a little bit there about um, increasing efficiency there's an argument to say that um, Microsoft is actually the the master of kind of bloatware and with every new release of of the the various office packages there are more and more tools and features added on that that, that many people never discover or, or, or don't know how to use um, and from a small business perspective um, I'm sure there are small business owners out there who think what I really need from my software is something that is just really simple, pared down and efficient to use. Does Microsoft Office and, and sort of associated products give that to small businesses? I think it's about um, making sure that we focus on the things that are, in, are important to the customers. So you, you take Office as an example. Um, you know, many of the small businesses that I've spoken to, when I say, do you have problems in how to, you know, communicate um, and access customer information? Mm -hmm. They're like, yes. Um, and I'll say, well, did you know that in, um, you know, that in Office there is a um, piece of technology called Customer Relationship Manager whereby you can actually manage your customer data more effectively? And a lot of it is they're not aware of, of some of the tools and features in there and how actually they're going to help them um, solve business problems. So I think, you know, it comes down to um, a lot of it is about time and us making sure that we're communicating the right features 
that will appeal to small businesses so that they think, wow, that's going to really help me in terms of how I manage my business. And then, you know, a previous job I had at Microsoft was focusing on kind of skills development mm-hmm. within um, within customers. And this does can, come down to how we make it simple for customers to get their IT skills up to date so that they can use the tools um, that will help them manage their business more effectively. So how do you do, how do, you do that both in terms of communicating and potentially training um, your SME customers? Well, a, bit, a, a large, um, um, a large thrust of the effort goes into a, um, a um, an independent site that, that's housed off um, Microsoft.com, which is a site called uh, B Central. That's B and then the word Central.co.uk. Yeah. And really, that that site focuses on um, you know education, advice, and guidance for whether it be a a small startup um, organization that's looking at, I want to start a business up, what do I need to do, access to funding, how do I write a business plan, et cetera, right through to those organizations that are growing mm-hmm. and thinking, you know, I need a better way of managing my customer relationships or I need to build a website, et cetera, that's going to reach out um, into new markets. Um, so we put a lot of focus on on that website in terms of advice and guidance Documents, articles that really will help a small business um, with some of the technology challenges that they're facing, and actually some of the business challenges and how to mirror uh, and marry up the technology um, to business. Um, and then through our, our partner community that we talked about a lot, we um, will run a, a local events. So whether that be you know in the southwest of the country, yeah. we'll work with a partner and bring in local small businesses. And a lot of those have education centers where small businesses can kind of drop in um, and do some clinics, et cetera, to try and work through um, the kinds of technology that will help them um, solve their business problems. But the biggest, you know, the, the biggest challenge with small business customers is time. I mean, you know, yeah. time is absolutely of the essence for them. So we kind of want to make it um, more real time for them and, and learning on the job is probably the biggest way that most small businesses will, will go about um, attaining those skills and that's hence the effort of um, online um, you know, sites and, and building communities and blogs and that kind of stuff. Okay, okay, fine. Um, the other big headache for any small business, I mean it's a big headache for everybody and, and I know it's not um, entirely uh, Microsoft's fault that because you're the, the biggest software and operating system provider in the world, you get targeted by by hackers and spyware and virus attacks and all sorts of malware and all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, as individuals, it's uh, when you get a virus or if it, masses of spyware on your computer and it slows it all down, it's a pain. Um, but for uh, a small business, um, if they're at risk of losing data, that can actually put their entire business, in some cases, in jeopardy. Uh, and, you know, there are a lot of well-documented cases of the, the various holes that are found in Internet Explorer and, and Outlook. Um, and I know that you guys do a lot to try and fill those. But uh, if I were a small business, I might think, well, why shouldn't I, why should I stick with something like Internet Explorer uh, for systems in the office when if I went to Firefox, there's much less, less attention on uh, by hackers and spammers and, and I'd run less risk? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that the um, observation you make around um, the, the kind of industry challenges with security is, um, is, a, is spot on. And this is something, you know, that, that doesn't only keep the small businesses up no, at night. It, no. it keeps us up at night yeah, as well. I mean, it, it's, um, it, it's, it's kind of a big industry problem. And, and with um, software as, as ubiquitous as, as Microsoft software, whether that be Internet Explorer um, or Office, etc., I mean, we are often, you know, target for hackers, etc. And, you know, part of the work that we've done is, A, we've looked really hard at the, um, you know, the way that we design our software to kind of make it secure by design, um, but also how we, what our processes for responding um, to virus attacks when, you know, when um, those hackers um, happen to um, attack a piece of our software. Mm. And we have got, we've learned a lot, um, uh, you know, over the last year or so in terms of how to get much better at that. So the the speed of response that you get from Microsoft um, when a virus does hit is is much quicker. And I think the other, the most important thing that, that also we've done is actually getting much better around communicating to customers around what it is they need to do. So um, making sure that customers know, you know that they need to have um, virus protection, they need to be protected from anti-spyware hmm. and, and what that means. And I think you know, the, the industry and customer set has moved on a lot in the last 12 months that the awareness amongst customers around what it is that they need to do yeah. um, is much, much higher um, than it was before. But that said, there's still a whole load more work to be done. Um, and I think you know, in terms of advice and guidance I'd offer to customers, there's a couple of places that um, I would suggest that they go take a look if they're worried about security. One is um, the B Central site, and we have a good um, chunk of information on how to protect your um, business and things you need to think about from a security perspective. Okay. Um, and, then, and then the other, more recently, we've done a, um, a partnership, which is um, an initiative called Get Safe Online, which is with government and lots of other um, industry leaders okay. that looks at, as an individual, what you need to do to protect your PC. Um, as an individual, what you need to do to protect your family um, from, you know, online sites, etc., privacy, yeah. online banking. Yeah. Um, and then, then there's also a section on how to protect your vi- your business. So there's a special section in there about extra advice for small businesses around how to think about security planning, how to look after your servers, how to look at encryption, how to prevent fraud, and all that kind of stuff. So the the website address for that is um, www.getsafeonline.org. Okay. Um, it, it's an independent site, and every business will find plenty of good information there about the things they need to do um, to protect their business. But I guess bottom line for Microsoft, it's an issue that we are we still take very seriously, and we'll continue to work and pioneer with the industry leaders to make sure that we keep the hackers at bay. Okay. Um, now, um, since you're since you're on a podcast um, and Microsoft, arguably with Robert Scoble, has really defined how. Um, business blogging could or should be done. I thought I might just uh, ask you a a couple of questions about what plans Microsoft has to extend out its sort of blogging practices. I know that very many staff in in Microsoft already blog both inside the firewall and externally. Um, But but what about podcasting? Is that something that uh, is being talked about in the the, the corridors of power? Yeah, I think it's interesting. We we had a discussion on that just this morning, so it's fresh timing. But the uh, I think the the, for me, there's the you know, particularly within the the small business space, the whole um, notion of um, word of mouth, viral blogging. Um, and actually community, you know, is something that's, that's, you know, increasing in importance. And actually how, 
increasingly how customers are making decisions um, is less, you know, based on, um, you know, something that they read on a piece of paper and how they get access to information is, is for me, is really changing. And I think this is the start of something um, much bigger. So, with our, we do a lot um, in terms of community and actually bringing together either local small businesses or bringing together um, partners. And there are, um, you know, independent blogs, etc., that that we help pioneer and set up. Um, but I think actually yeah. there's a, you know, whether that be podcasting or blogging, I think that um, it's something that we need to look at more and how actually we help other small businesses find information out from um, similar like-minded customers rather than them just hearing from the vendors. Because, you know, to be honest, there's nothing more valuable than hearing from another customer who's had a good experience or learned something from a bad experience, etc. Because I think it, it gives impartial advice um, to customers and helps them make more timely decisions. Of course, that's quite frightening for big businesses in some, to some extent, isn't it, in that um, you, you no longer have control over the message, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, I, I, for me, it's not about um, controlling the message. I mean, I think if you... Um, if you're close to the way that small businesses buy and, you know, it is very local and, and word of mouth, for us it's about embracing it. Um, hopefully, you know, through Central and sites like that, adding some value in terms of the things that um, they have as problems that we can help them with based on experience that we've heard from other customers. But actually, you know, yeah. letting the community help nurture itself and then hopefully adding that advice and guidance on top. Okay, Claire Barkley, from Head of Small Business at Microsoft, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Well, that just about brings me to the end of today's show. Uh, I'm doing pretty well on the old 30-minute rule, and I hope you're appreciating the slightly more succinct uh, small biz pods and uh, you continue to enjoy them. Do uh, send me your feedback with you know thoughts, ideas uh, for content for the show, or you know if you've got to add to the discussions that, are, that have occurred on the show, that would be great. Uh, audio comments too, uh, very gratefully accepted. And uh, of course, uh, as per a couple of shows back, if you fancy being a roving reporter, do get in touch. It'd be very interesting to hear from other areas of the, the world or the UK um, and other entrepreneurs who, who may be interviewed by you. Um, I've put together a basic um, how-to on podcasting as a kind of screencast over on my Verbalism blog, which might interest some of you. Uh, that's at www.verbalism.net, V-E-R-B-A-L-I-S-M.net, uh, and that gives you a, a little guide to how to put together uh, a simple podcast using uh, an MP3 player and a free piece of software called Audacity. So that might pr prove useful. Um, as ever, uh, send emails to alex at smallbizpod.co.uk, or you can leave comments on the blog. Now, on to my music selection for this week. It's from electromancer.com, surprise, surprise. Uh, and it's, lots of people put trance tracks together. I mean, I have done myself. And it's not half as easy as you think. And you very, very rarely come across a really fantastic trance track put together by, you know, mere mortals like me. But this particular track is called Silicon Angel, and it really is fantastic, I think, um, if you're into your trance. And it's by a band called Youth in Asia. <laughs> 